0: Infiru, go forth, meaning all of you go forth, khifafan, lightly, wa thiqalan, and heavily. Meaning, regardless of what your state is, at this time, every single one of you has to go forth in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word infiru is from the root letters, nunfara. And what does it mean? When an army, a group of people, they go out. Right? In order to chase something, in order to achieve something. But how do they go? With enthusiasm, with zeal. So go forth, rush. It's like get up and do something. So infiru. Why are you sitting? Go. How? Khifafan wa thiqalan. Khifaf is the plural of khafif. And thiqal is the plural of thaqil. What does khafif mean? From the root letters khafafa, khafa, you khafif. What does it mean? To be light. And saqil is the opposite of that. So what would that be? To be heavy. Now, what is it that makes a person light and what is it that makes a person feel heavy? It could be something tangible and also something intangible. Like for example, if you have no responsibilities, no work, no assignments, no stress in your life, then how do you feel? Light or heavy? light. You're so light that you can just get up and go do something spontaneously. Isn't it so? Because you're light. You don't have any responsibility. Somebody asks you, can you go get me a cup of coffee from Tim Hortons? You're like, sure. Get up and go right away. Because you're light. On the other hand is a person who has a lot of responsibilities on his head, whether it is family or it is the stress of work. If you ask them, can you please come with me? they'll be like, no, but my children and my this and my that, they've got too much with them. Right? So they're heavy. It's difficult for them to just get up and do something. Alright? Likewise, what makes a person light is his physical strength. Because when a person is physically active, he can move about easily. But when a person is physically weak, then that makes it difficult for him to get up and go. Like for example, if you have a headache even, is it easy for you to get up no then it's very heavy very difficult if your eyes are hurting if you have a cold right if you have a physical injury if you're tired and exhausted because of a lot of hard work again you feel heavy all right now if you think about it a person is either feeling khafif or he is feeling thaqil he is in one of these two conditions it could be that he's feeling thaqeel or khafif because of some internal reasons or some external factors. Okay, Internal could be his own struggles. External could be the weather. Okay? It could be the responsibilities that he has, the work that he's got, the family that he has to take care of. Take the example of weather. Hmm? In the summer, what do you have to do? Just get up and go. In the winter, you have to think twice. Do I really, really have to go? Because I know what it's going to take me to do. I have to put on my appropriate clothes, then my boots, and my jacket, and my mittens, and my hat, and then go outside, and then clean the car, and then go. So you think many times over before you do anything. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say over here? That when you're feeling light and able, physically active, when you have the resources, then you should go in the way of Allah. What does the ayah say? khifafan wa thiqalan Regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of what circumstances you're in, regardless of what burden you're carrying on your head, on your back, regardless of what stress you have in your life, the deen needs you. The deen needs you. You have the ability to do something right now. So don't just sit there. Get up and do something. But what do we think generally? That when everything's okay, when we have the physical strength, when we've got nothing to do, when we're free, then we can offer some services for our religion. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say here? Regardless of how you're doing, regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of what your situation is, in khifafan wa thiqalan. Whether you're young or you're old, whether you are lazy or active, whether you're poor or rich, whether you have a lot of resources or very few resources, whether you're strong or weak, whether you have to go on foot or you have a mount on which you can ride, whether you're free or you're busy, you're sick or you're healthy, you're married or you're single. What you have to do, you have to do. Isn't it so? You know, sometimes, let's say they're doing their graduate studies, and sometimes they're doing it part-time. In their class, there will be people who are coming straight from work. Hmm? Or right after class, they have to go straight to work. There are women who are pregnant. Okay, There are people who are managers. But for those studies, they have made time. Recently, somebody was telling me they're looking into doing an MBA, and they were looking into different options. And um, they were saying about how there's a part-time option in one of the schools. And the class is from 7 a.m., 7 a.m. till about 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. or something like that. And they were telling me that there are people who actually do it. Imagine 7 a.m., you're in downtown, sitting in a classroom. And it's not like after 2 you're free. You know what that means? After that you have to go to work. After that, you have to go to work. So, don't they have a lot on their plate already? Are they crazy they're doing that? If somebody is doing this, would you call them crazy? Would you say that you're taking it too hard on yourself? What would you say? Yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Do it. It's only a little bit of time. Sacrifice. Work hard. And inshallah, it'll be good. In a few years, you'll see the benefit of doing this. Isn't it so? So sometimes it happens that in worldly matters also, it doesn't matter whether you're pregnant or you have five kids or you have a job, what you have to do, you have to do. Isn't it? Doesn't matter whether it took you an hour and a half to get to work because of the snowstorm. You have to get to work, you have to get to work. Doesn't matter if at 1 a.m. you're answering emails. Doesn't matter why. Because what you have to do, you have to do. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, انفرو wa thiqalan There are some situations where the deen demands such work from you. It's not like every single day this is expected of you, but there are times when this will be required. So at that time, don't stay back. Don't make an excuse. Rather, get up and go ahead. انفرو wa thiqalan. And we see that there is a companion of the Prophet we learn Abu Talha, he recited Surah At-Tawbah. And when he was reciting the surah, imagine from Baraa'atun wa Rasulihi, when he reached this ayah, انفرو wa thiqalan he said, I see that Allah had called us to mobilize whether we are old or young. And he was really old at that time. And he said to his children, O oh my children, prepare my supplies. Meaning, get my stuff ready, I want to go out, I want to go for jihad and join the Muslim armies. His children said, May Allah show mercy on you. You did jihad along with the Messenger of Allah ﷺ until he passed away. And then when Abu Bakr was the Khalifa, again you did jihad until he passed away. Then when Umar was Khalifa, you did jihad until he passed away, meaning all your life you've done it. Now you're old. You're not required anymore. You know, like people say, now you're old, now you can retire. Abu Talha refused, and he insisted. He had his stuff ready and he went out to the sea, meaning where the Muslim armies were. And basically he was on a ship and he was old. He passed away on the ship. And the army was at sea for a very long time and they could not find any land nearby where they could just go and bury his body. For nine days, imagine his body was on the ship. But you know what the people said? His body was exactly the same. It hadn't changed even a little bit. Can you imagine? By the sea, actually on that water, there's a body not buried for how long? Nine days. But it had no signs of deterioration or change at all. But there's a very good example in this for us. That when we find out that the deen of Allah needs us, then doesn't matter what your state is. Get up and go. Get up and do something. fafan خفافا Basically this means no excuses. No excuses whatsoever. But generally, is it that we make excuses? All the time. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I have this assignment due. I have that work to do. So that's why I can't do this. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And what happens? That later never comes. So this is why, whatever has to be done, just do it right now. Give priority to the deen of Allah, and everything will fall in place. What do we think? When everything is set, then we will do something. But it's actually the other way around. When you give priority to the religion of Allah, then everything will fall in place. I've seen with many women, that what happens is when they have their children, first child especially, They say, oh, I have to wait until my child is a little older, until my child has a routine, and then I will do something. Whether it is going back to school, or coming to a class, whatever it may be. But you know what happens? That child never develops a perfect routine. Why? Because the mother doesn't have a routine. She's sleeping in, she's up till late, she's eating at random hours, she's taking a nap at random hours, right? But when she knows I have to be out of the house at 9 o'clock, I have a class at 11, then she'll be very particular about her child's routine. And when children have a routine from a very young age, then they learn to be cooperative. Then they're used to that routine themselves. And actually children, they thrive when they have a routine. It's best for them. So we think when everything is in place, then we'll do something. But the fact is that when you give priority to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His religion, then everything will fall in place. It's Allah's promise that He will definitely help those who help His cause. Allah's help comes to those who help His cause. So, wa thiqalan, وثقالا jahidu and strive wa anfusikum with your properties and your lives. Why are you holding your money back? Why are you holding your life back? How many years will you save? Whatever you've been given, use it for the sake of Allah. فِي سَبِيلِ الله, In the way of Allah, ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ That is better for you. إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ If you were to know. If you knew, this would be much, much better for you. If you think about it, the five daily prayers, what lesson do they give us? That do everything and then pray? Huh? Punctuality, right? That there are certain things that are due at a certain time, whether you have a headache, or you're sleeping, or you want to take a break. Doesn't matter whether you're at school or at work, at home, whether it's the weekday or weekend. When you have to pray, you have to pray. No matter where you are. Stop everything and pray. And then what happens? People who give priority to their salah, then everything else falls in between and it gets done. Isn't it so? It gets done. But if we think of it the other way, I have to get all my work done, and if I find time, I will pray salah. Then, are you able to pray salah? No. Are you able to get your things done? No. So, the five daily prayers, they teach us, that when something comes from Allah, that has to be given priority. When you will give priority to that, inshallah, everything will fall in place. لَوْ kana If it was عَرَضًا Again, قَرِيبًا Near. Arad, What does عَرَض mean? Benefit, okay? الادنى, the goods of this life. So if it was a gain, that was qarib, that was near. When something is near, it seems achievable, possible, right? So means that if the gain, meaning victory, booty, was near, meaning it seemed likely, it seemed possible, to who? To the people in general. Was safaran and a journey that was qasidan, moderate. qasid, qafsad dal, muqtasid, right? Balanced, moderate, that which is in the middle. So if the journey was moderate, meaning neither too long nor too short, then what would the people do? Lattaba'uka, surely they would have followed you. But lattaba'uka, surely they would have followed you. What is this referring to? The journey to? the book. Because remember that the journey to the book was a very long journey, a very difficult journey. Okay? And besides, the confrontation was with who? With the Romans. Which seemed very difficult. Victory against the Romans seemed very unlikely. Any booty? Not expected. Any material gains? Not expected. Alright? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, that these people, if they knew that the journey was moderate and the gain was definite, meaning they would have definitely gotten something out of this expedition, what would they do? They would have certainly followed you. They would have certainly followed you. Allah says, but بَعُدَتْ It became distant. What became distant? Alayhim upon them. A The difficult journey. Shukkah. Sheen qaf qaf. What does that mean? Difficulty. So shukah is a journey, okay? That is difficult. Why is it difficult? Because it's far. Hmm? No, but like a journey is difficult sometimes because it's very long, and other times it's difficult because of its nature, okay? Like for example, if you have to take a flight somewhere for 12 hours, you're like, okay, fine, never mind. I'm just going to be sitting in an airplane. But if you know that that airplane is a very old one, and the seats are very tiny, okay, and they fill it to the maximum capacity, like sometimes people do. I'm sure you've been on such flights. Then what happens? You dread that flight. Isn't it? And if somebody tells you, it's a 14-hour flight, but you have a seat in business class. You're like, yeah, no problem. Of course. No problem. I don't mind. I'll have a movie marathon. Hmm? One movie after the other in my comfy seat. I don't mind at all. But if it's an economy class, you're like, may Allah protect me. Because the seats are horrible, tight, right? And everybody is just standing on top of your head. The smell, the stuffiness, it just gets to you. Alright? So it's not just the length of the journey that makes it difficult, it's also the nature of the journey. If you're driving, and the road is very bumpy, alright, then it's difficult. So anyway, وَلَكِنْ بَعْدَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الشُقَّةِ the difficult journeys seem too long to them, seem too difficult to them, too distant. Because if it's one hour even that you have to travel, one hour, but if that one hour is on a very bumpy road, or when you're feeling sick and nauseous, then that one hour is also extremely difficult. Isn't it so? So, وَلَكِنْ بَعُدَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ <الشُقَّة> It seemed too impossible for them. They didn't want to go ahead. They didn't want to take this upon themselves. وَلَكِنْ بَعُدَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ <الشُقَّة> And this is the reason why they didn't go ahead. So in this ayah, who has been criticized? The hypocrites. That they're so selfish that if they do anything for the sake of Allah, if they do anything for the deen of Allah, it is only for personal gains if the destination was near, the booty was definite, they would have certainly gone forth. But because the destination is far, the booty is unlikely, they don't want to give up anything. The munafiq always says, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? He always wants more than what he is giving. He doesn't want to commit for a long time. But what do we see here? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want from us? That whatever it is, Whatever it is, long or short, difficult or easy, you should not be thinking about yourself, you should be thinking about the deen. Don't be concerned about yourself, be concerned about the welfare of the religion. I mean, think about it. If a person has a whole lot of money that he saved, okay, why? For something that he wants to get later in life. And now all of a sudden there's an urgent need, an urgent need, like for example, somebody in the family is really sick. Or for instance, a lot of money needs to be spent on somebody's education or a loan. That was unexpected. What will people do? Will they keep that money to themselves? No. They will spend that money, all that money that they had saved up, they will spend it willingly on their child's education. They will spend it willingly on the family car. They will spend it willingly on the treatment of their loved one. Isn't it? They won't say, but what about all these savings... What about all my hard work? No regrets over there. People will spend thousands of dollars on their weddings. Isn't it? But when it comes to the dean, then what happens to us? We have a different standard over there. A completely different standard. There's this lady we met and um, she's from the Philippines. And she had mentioned a couple of months ago that she was going to go there. And recently we saw her again. So we're like, you didn't go? She said, no, because of the floods. Remember that happened in Philippines? She said that the family home was destroyed completely. So instead of her taking a vacation and spending all that money on her ticket and going there, she said, I spent that money instead to fix that house. So right now, I don't have enough money to go. So she sacrificed her trip to help the family. Is she living in that house? Are her parents living in that house? No. It was her grandparents or somebody's house. Belongs to the whole family. But she's doing her part. She's sacrificing her vacation to save the family house. Many times it happens that we sacrifice our personal needs, our personal enjoyment, for the sake of who? For the sake of who? Our family. Our loved ones. The dean should be more beloved to us than our loved ones. It should be more beloved to us than our family. But we see that it is only those who believe, truly believe, to whom the religion is more precious, to whom the religion is more valuable. وَلَكِنْ بَعُدَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الشُقَّةِ Allah says, وَسَيَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ And they will swear by Allah, لَوِسْتَطَعْنَا If we were able, لَخَرَجْنَا مَعَكُمْ Surely we would have gone out with you. They will come to you presenting false excuses, that Oh, we really, really wanted to go But we didn't get a chance We couldn't afford They will come up with excuses But the thing is That something that you want to do Do you have any excuses for that? Do you have any excuses for that? No Don't people go to a different city Almost every day Just to go to their school? Just to go to their university? Just to go to their work? Don't they drive an hour back and forth? Don't they bus it An hour back and forth? They do if you ever go to the ghost station, what do you see over there? So many cars parked. Have you seen their new parking lot? The one in Mississauga? I was shocked. A multi-story parking lot. Huge, massive. You think it would be for a mall. But what is it for? For people who are going just to the nearby city for work, for school, or for something like that. Where there is a will, there is a way. There is always a way. And if a person himself is not determined, then the slightest reason is sufficient to derail him. It is enough to make him change his mind. So they will come swearing before you. billahi, بِاللَّهِ لَوِ استَطَعْنَا لَخَرَجْنَا مَعَكُمْ Allah says يُهْلِكُونَ أَنفُسَهُمْ so They're destroying themselves. How are they destroying themselves? By presenting these false excuses, by lying. But how are they destroying themselves by lying? Because first of all, they're staying back from a great opportunity. Secondly, they're lying. They're swearing by Allah. They're making false oaths. They're depriving themselves of khair. And on top of that, they're lying. They're depriving themselves and they're incurring sin, destroying themselves. ya ulamu. And Allah knows, إِنَّهُمْ لَكَاذِبُونَ Indeed, they are liars. Indeed, they are liars. Allah knows that. The thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what ability we have, how much time we have. We can make an excuse before another person, but Allah knows whether that excuse is really valid or not. Because sometimes it happens that we say, we don't have time to do this. We don't have time to do our lesson. But do we have time to go out and eat? Do we have time to watch a movie? Do we have time to hang out with our friends? Of course. Because something that you want to do, you prioritize that. So the deen, we need to prioritize that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, anka, may Allah pardon you. Afa, he pardoned Allahu Allah Anka from you. May Allah pardon you, O Prophet. Lima, why adinta? You permitted Lahum for them. Why did you allow them? Allow who? The hypocrites. Allow them what? To stay behind. Because you see, when the Prophet وسلم made this clear announcement, we're going to Tabuk, and everybody has to go, he sent word to Makkah, and all the neighboring tribes, that everybody has to go to Tabuk, what happened? People started making preparations. But there were others who had made up their mind from the beginning, we're not gonna go. And instead of spending their time thinking about how they could go, they spent their time thinking about false excuses that they could present before the Prophet ﷺ. So what happened? They came to the Prophet ﷺ, presented their excuse, and the Prophet ﷺ said, fine, stay back, don't go. Because you know what? The Prophet ﷺ was a very kind person. And he dealt with people on the surface. Alright? Which is why we see that the hypocrites continuously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advised him, ignore them. Whether they lie to you, whatever they do, just ignore them. Don't confront them. So anyway, here also what happened, that when the people came and presented their false excuses, the most lame excuses, the Prophet just turned his face away from them and that meant fine. It's okay. It showed disapproval on his part. He didn't approve of it. He didn't like that. But he just accepted it. Because what are you meant to do? You ask someone to do something, they don't do it, and they present excuses. What are you going to do? Argue with them? Can you argue with them? Even if you do, where will you end up? If a person has made up his mind, they don't want to do it, the more you talk to them, the more disgusted you will be. The more hurt and upset you will be. Isn't it? Because if the other person is lying, one lie after the other, the more they speak, the more annoyed you will be. So what is best? You just say, fine. Like for example, you ask someone, did you pray your salah? And they say, yeah, I did. Your fajr, yeah, I did. And you see that they're still lying in their bed. They're still lying in their bed. There's no traces of wudu' on their face. The prayer mat is not even unfolded. There's no hijab anywhere to be found. Yeah, I did. What are you gonna say? What are you going to say? No, but I don't see your hijab and I don't see this and I don't see that. What are you supposed to do? Fine. Fine. What can you do? So the Prophet also, that's what he did. He just said, okay, you don't want to go? Don't go. He turned his face away. Allah ta'ala revealed to him afterwards, may Allah pardon you, why did you allow them? Meaning you should not have allowed them. You should not have accepted their excuses. You should have said, no, you have to go. Hatta until يَتَبَيَّنَ Laka It became clear to you. Who became clear to you? الَّذِينَ sadaqu Those who were truthful. وَالتَّعْلَمَ And you would know Al الكاذِبِين the liars. You should not have allowed them. Because then you would have known who is truthful and who is lying. You know how? There's two kinds of people. One, those who have a genuine reason, a genuine excuse, a valid reason because of which they can't do something. And what happens is that when you tell them, they ask you for something and you say no. Then what will happen? They will try their best and do the work. Isn't it so? Or they will take your permission and only then stay behind. Okay? The other type of people are those who make false excuses. They take leave without permission, without prior notice. And what happens is that if they do bother to inform you even, or take permission from you, okay, and you say no, what will they do? Will they listen to you? They're not going to listen to you. They're still going to do what they want to. So the Prophet ﷺ is told, you should not have allowed them, because then you would have known who is really genuine, and who is lying over here. حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكَ الَّذِينَ وَتَّعْلَمَ But what do we learn from this? for ourselves. What's the lesson? That when something is expected of us, there is an important task, an important duty that has been assigned to us. Should we keep away from it? And present excuses? No. No more excuses. Because people who are successful in life, they do not make excuses. They do not make any excuses. They don't allow themselves to fail. You know, we learn that a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, once he went to a masjid, and the adhan had already been pronounced, and the salah had already been pronounced. But he understood the importance of praying in jama'ah, in congregation. He knew the reward of adhan. He knew the reward of iqamah. He knew that the reward of praying in congregation is many times more than praying just by yourself. So you know what he did? He gave the adhan, he gave the iqamah, He got a few people together and he prayed with them in congregation. He didn't accept it. That, oh, I got late, so it's okay, I'll just pray on my own. No. He had set a high standard for himself and he didn't let anything get in the way. Anything at all. And this is who successful people are. They don't make excuses for themselves. And the fact is that something that you like something that you take seriously, you really don't make excuses for that. Do you ever make an excuse for not taking a shower? Oh, I didn't have time to take a shower. Or the water was too cold. That's why I haven't bathed in six days. Really? Would you do that? Even if you had freezing cold water in your house, what would you do? Go turn the kettle on, right? Fill a bucket with water and take a shower. Even if you're shivering, you'll still take a shower. Why? Because you don't accept yourself to be nasty smelly. Right? You don't allow yourself to be dirty like that. So even if you have to take those extra steps, what will you do? You will take that shower. You're hungry. You're hungry. There is no food. What are you going to do? Make excuses over there? Oh, I'm hungry. There's no food in the refrigerator. So I'm just going to go to sleep hungry. Are you going to do that? No. You're going to go online and check which restaurant is open right now where do they have a good deal, free delivery, right? Just Justeat.com or what or do you have it, right? And then you will make an order, even if it's 12 o'clock in the night, doesn't matter. You look crazy, doesn't matter. I'm hungry. I need food. Right? I know this friend of mine who, when she was pregnant, she was she used to crave watermelon. She used to crave watermelon, okay? And it was winter, imagine. So you don't really find watermelon easily. So one night, the middle of the night, she's like, I really, really, really want watermelon. And her husband's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I really want watermelon. And I want it now. I want it now. So they checked. They're like, where do they get it from? So they checked which stores, which grocery stores are open 24 hours. So they found one, which was not really that close to their house. But imagine in the middle of the night, they went, got a watermelon, and she ate that. Did they look crazy? Perhaps. Did they care? No. No because they wanted that watermelon. So she got it and she ate it. So what you want to do, what is important to you, no excuses over there. Right? And this is how we need to be. There are certain things in our life that we have to get done. Like for example, every Saturday you come here, you have to have your lesson done. Every Sunday you have to have your lesson done. Just accept it. I have to have it done. I cannot go to class without having done my lesson. Just accept it. Accept this fact. You know, make a pledge with yourself. And once you've accepted it, then really you will do it. You will sit outside in the car, come 10 minutes early, sit in the cold and do your lesson before you walk in. Hmm? Why? Because it's a commitment that you've made. It's something that you've accepted. But if you haven't accepted this, this is something that I have to do, then what will happen? you walk into the group, without your lesson done. And when the group in charge will ask you, did you do your lesson, you just look down or look away and say, no, I was too busy. Why? I had guests over. Why? I slept in. Why? I had this, I had that. So many excuses, right? So something that you have to do, a principle in life is what? No excuses will work over there. This is the sign of successful people. And that's exactly what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says. He will not seek permission from you, from Idhn Hamza Dalnoon. Who will not take permission from you to stay behind? those people who believe in Allah in the last day, those who have the right kind of faith, who fear Allah, who know that on the day of judgment everything will be displayed. Allah knows my reality. Those people will never make an excuse. They will never seek your permission from staying behind from what amwalihim wa that they should strive with their properties and their lives. Wallahu alimun bil and Allah is knowing of those people who have taqwa. Allah knows who has taqwa because really, when we're making excuses, who are we deceiving? Ourselves. We're telling ourselves it's okay. You know, I'm very busy. I really can't do it. But the thing is that you know whether you can do it or not. Aren't there times when you've gotten something done like literally in 2-3 minutes because it was important to you? You've gotten an assignment done in less than an hour because you realized that it was due? And if you don't submit it, you're going to lose 10% of your marks? We have done things like that, right? Always. When something is expected of us and we weren't able to do it before, then what happens? Five minutes before we're scrambling away, but we manage to get it done. Why? Because we realize we have to do it. So likewise, the one who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows that when it comes to the matter of religion, whether it is studying the Quran or doing anything, this is a commitment that I've made with Allah. And Allah knows me more than anybody else. So I cannot make an excuse before Allah. No excuse will work over there. So the one who fears Allah will never ever ask to remain behind. He will never make an excuse. Rather he will do his best to go out in the way of Allah. alimun bil muttaqin, And Allah knows the people who have taqwa. Now does this mean that the people who have iman, everything so easy for them, this is why they're able to go forth in the way of Allah? because this is what we typically say that if someone is doing a lot for the deen then they must have it really easy they must have a lot of family support You know, this is the only reason why they are able to do it and the rest of us we don't have that kind of support we don't have that kind of time we have too many obligations this is why they don't understand is that so? no the thing is that every single person every single person he's got problems in his life Okay? He's got things to do in his life. They may be different than yours. But remember, the things in their life, they are enough as a challenge for them. Just because they're different from your challenges doesn't mean that they have it easy. They have it difficult in their own way. And each person is tested in his life in a different manner. And each person, what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala examining? How much is it that you are striving? How much is it that you are struggling? And the thing is that that when a person strives, he takes that step, he goes forward, then Allah's help also comes. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitates that path for him. I mean these days if you look, you find so many examples of people who have many problems in their life, yet they are struggling. I mean just yesterday we learned about Robert Villa. I mean think about it. A person who is physically suffering so much, but he has memorized, but at that time he had memorized 10 surahs of the Qur'an. If I were to ask you, do you know at least 10 surahs of the Qur'an, would you be able to say yes? Unfortunately, many of us, we won't be able to say that. Why? Because we have excuses, we have excuses, reasons, reasons. I have this to do, I have that to do, I don't have time to memorize the Qur'an. I don't have time to improve my prayer. There are people who are suffering more than us. Remember what we've been taught that when it comes to the matters of dunya, look at those people who are, who have less than you. Right? Who are suffering more than you. So always look at people who are suffering more than you. And never think that people who are doing more in religion is just because everything is easy for them. The Prophet ﷺ, was he not an abid? The one who did ibadah with ihsan? Yes. Was his life easy? Was his life easy? No way. Aisha said that sometimes days would pass and the only things that they would have in their house to eat were what? The two black things. What was she referring to? Dates and water. And imagine after that, a person is standing in prayer for hours until the feet swell. Aisha? It reminds me of an uh, example of Prophet Ayub salam. He was very wealthy and handsome and smart and everything he had, you know, family, business, family, property. wealth, property. So and he was uh, abdul Allah. He would worship Allah day and night. And we all say, why wouldn't Ayub Salam do that? Because he has everything in this world. Of course, if anybody should do riba, that should be him because he's got everything. Everything. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested him with everything from his health, from his wealth, from his family, he lost everything. And they said that he didn't have his family anymore, no children, no business, no house. And the kind of illness he was going through was not something small. And then Allah... Yet he used to worship. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him everything back yes. after a, a long test. Yes. So it happens. People who make excuses, they justify their wrong or they justify they're not putting in any effort. And others who are an example for them, they say, of course they should be doing it. My situation is different. I am in a different situation. But the fact is that each person belongs to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And each person is tested in a unique way. They have tests and you have tests. Don't talk about others. Think about yourself. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Allah says that those who believe in Allah and the last day they will not take your permission to stay behind from striving in the way of Allah with their properties and their lives wallahu alimun bil muttaqin and Allah knows the people who have taqwa then who takes permission who presents excuses inna indeed not but yastavinuka he seeks permission from you how by offering false excuses who those people who do not believe in Allah, and the last day. Those who don't believe in Allah in the last day, because if they truly believed, they would not have made that excuse. I mean, yesterday we learned about the comparison of the dunya and the akhirah. If they truly believed in that akhirah, the home of Jannah, the home of the hereafter, the vastness of Jannah, would they make an excuse to stay behind from that? Never. قلوبهم, and their hearts are doubting. ارتابت, it is doubting. It's full of doubt. From raib, raibihim. So they are in their doubt. يترددون, they are hesitating. is from taraddud, ra Dal. It's basically to go back and forth. You know when you're confused, you're not sure. Should I? Should I not? Is this right or is this wrong? Should this be done or should this be left? Yataraddadun, confused indecisive, not able to make a decision already. So what is it that makes a person do something despite difficulty? Conviction. I have to do it, this is right. I have to do it, this is right. Then it doesn't matter what situation you're in. Then you'll get up and do it. But when you are shaky, when you're hesitant, you're not confident inside. Then are you able to do something? No. Then the slightest challenge will be enough to derail you. Let me give you an example. There are some people who get up for fajr. Why? Because it's time for fajr. You're supposed to get up and pray. So what happens? They hear an alarm, they hear a sound, somebody calls them instantly. They're up. In a minute or two, whatever, however long it takes them, they get up. And there are others who say, but she should wake up first. Hmm? Hmm? She should wake up first. Or oh, for many women, my husband should get up first. They're waiting. So what happens then? You get up first. No, you get up first. No, you get up first. No, you get up first. And then what happens? Salah is delayed and delayed and delayed. What do you know it? This is something you have to do. Then you don't wait. Others doing it or not? Has she done it yet or not? No, you just get up and do it. Okay? But when you have the slightest doubt, maybe, you know, somebody else will do it. Then, you stay behind. Confidence makes you jump ahead. And doubt makes you stay behind. أرادوا, and if they had intended, الخروجة, the going out, if they had intended to go forth, the hypocrites, then لأعدوا, surely they would have definitely prepared. For it, meaning for that going, عدتا, some preparation. Uddha is from Ain Dal, and what does it mean? Preparation. We discussed this earlier as well. It's basically from the word adad. Adad means number, because when you prepare, the first thing is that you count, right? To make sure that it's sufficient. So if they were really intending to go, they would have made some preparations at least. If you're planning to travel somewhere, what's the first thing you do? Preparation. What's the first thing you do? Get your ticket. Right? Or think about how you're gonna get to your destination. Are you gonna drive there? You're gonna take a train there? You're gonna take a bus there? What are you gonna do? There's some preparation. It's not like 15 minutes before you have to leave the house, you're wondering, how can I get my ticket? No. Or as you leave the house, you wonder, so where are we going? No. If you're really intending to go somewhere, you will prepare from before. Your actions will show. But the munafiqeen, were they preparing? They weren't preparing. The whole time, they were just commenting on the state of the believers. Mocking at them. Making fun of the charities that they brought. One of the Muslims, he brought a handful of dates. And the Prophet ﷺ put that on top of the pile of wealth that had been collected. And the munafiqeen, they made fun. They said, oh, they're gonna go conquer the Romans with a handful of dates. They're gonna go conquer the Romans with a handful of dates. They made fun. Instead of preparing... What were they doing? Commenting. And this is the bad habit of some people. They don't do anything themselves. What do they do? What do they do? Talk, 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 talk. Comment, 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 comment. Tweet, 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 tweet. Right? If it's really important to you, then do something. Some people just talk. And other people, they do it. So we need to be of those people who do something. Not just talk about it. Let's listen to the recitation and then we'll continue.
1: Inferوا خفافا وثقالا وجاهدوا باموالكم وانفسكم في سبيل الله ذلكم خير لكم ان كنتم تعلمون لَوْ كَانَ عَرْضًا قَرِيبًا وَسَفَرًا قَاصِدًا لَاتَّبَعُوكَ وَلَكِن بَعُدَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الشُّطَأُ وَسَيَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ لَوْ اسْتَطَعْنَا لَخَرَجْنَا مَعَكُمْ يَهْلِكُونَ أَنفُسَهُمْ يُهْلِكُونَ لَكُنَّ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّهُمْ لَكَاذِبُونَ عَفَا اللَّهُ عَن كَلِمَ أَذِنْتَ لَهُمْ حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكَ الَّذِينَ صدقوا وَتَعْلَمَ الكاذبين. لا يَسْتَأْذِنُكَ الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ أَن يُجَاهِدُوا بِأَمْوَالِهِمْ وَأَنفُسِهِمْ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِالْمُتَّقِينَ إِن ما يستأذنك الذين لا يؤمنون بالله واليوم الاخر وارتابت قلوبهم فهم في ريبهم يترددون
0: Some people are a source of motivation for others and others are a source of weakness for others In a group of people Every group of people, whether it's a family, or it's a group of friends, or it's a group of, you know, people who are working together for a cause, there are always those who hold everyone together. They motivate others. We have to do this. Doesn't matter if it's difficult. We are going to do it. But then there are some other people who create weakness in their group because they're afraid themselves. And so they spread that fear and weakness amongst the rest of the people. So we need to ask ourselves, what do we contribute? Are we contributing in a positive way? Or are we contributing to the weakness of the group that we are in? Whatever it may be. Are we the ones whining and complaining? Or the ones who are positive and spreading that positivity?